This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm good, but I do have a confession to make. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, and I don't regret this decision, but I also am not exactly proud of it. I drank a pumpkin beer this week. Oh. I did it. I know, I know. I'm Like I said, I'm not proud of it, uh, but here's the thing. It was a crappy, rainy day. It felt like fall outside. And me and the wife decided, you know what we want to do today? We want to act like it's fall. We want to just have a scary movie marathon all day long. And we had a pumpkin beer. And that's what I did. And you know what? I don't regret it. Are you kidding me? We have two weeks left. We have two weeks left to the kick, football kickoff. And you, you, I mean, you're the type, Mike, you're the type of person that starts listening to Christmas music in November. By the time it actually gets to Christmas, the Christmas music's ruined. Fall is the best time of year, and you're ruining it by enjoying pumpkin beers, watching scary movies before it's time to do those things. So it's, uh, don't come crying to me when you, get to, when you get to Halloween, you're all falled out. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm all fired up, Steve, based on that comment by Mike. I mean, enjoy the summer. I'm the kind of guy, when I go to the beach, right, and it's that first day of summer, but it's still freezing cold, you got to go just like, like no shirt and short shorts on. I mean, enjoy the season that you're in. Don't always be trying to skip ahead. Couldn't agree with you more, Steve. It's a ridiculous comment by Mike. But boys, I am, uh, I am in the new podcast studio. Oh. I am in the new House of Sav. House of Sav 3.0. Moved apartments this weekend right after we were out for the big two-miler women's showdown. Just spent the rest of the day moving that furniture everywhere. But it's funny now, when I'm, when I'm looking at apartments or like maybe a place to live one day, I don't know if I'm going to be responsible enough for that for a real house, but uh, looking at apartments, you kind of need to like find a podcast studio, you know, when you're doing the search, right? There's got to be the area where I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a quiet enough place away from everything. It's got a good quality door to shut. So we'll see how this guy does. I think the lighting's okay. I think the sound is okay. But uh, yeah, welcome to the House of Sav 3.0. And I have a that's quick a question for room. you. Quick question for you. So last time I talked to you, I was on a Zoom call with you and it was the day that Megan ran her second take at the two mile or the showdown and that happened at like 9 a.m and then i talked to you like 12 hours later at the end of the night and you were still wearing the same outfit that you were wearing that morning you are still wearing the same shirt from that night have you showered since you moved in has has anything happened since you moved in uh so here's the thing michael i have i have showered I just hate to use a fresh, clean shirt if I'm not clean myself. So I go to work all day, right? I get a nice little sweat because I, you know, I got to walk from the the T station to the office, and then I go back from the office to the T station, and then I got to get on the bus, and then I walk from the bus stop to here. It's warm out. It's summer still, Mike. I know you think it's fall already, but it is summer. So I've got a little, you know, a little sweat going on in my dress shoes and dress clothes. So when I get home. I am excited to, you know, take off that dress shirt, take off those dress pants, and I'm going to put on some athletic gear, some comfy podcasting clothes. 
Um, am I going to waste a clean pair of you know, shorts and a clean shirt just to, just to sit down here and podcast? No, of course not. I'd have so much laundry. I'd have a never-ending pile of laundry. So this is my way of doing some laundry control. Trent, that's the shirt you ran in to yeah. pace Megan. Yeah. <laughs> it's and not sweaty anymore. Like I hung it was, up, right? So it, or it, it was, was like four, four days ago. And then you moved for like eight hours, moving <laughs> boxes. And I mean, you're gross. I mean, you're, I, you're I, I get what you're saying, in. but you can put on a crappy t-shirt without necessarily putting on something nice. You don't need to put on a shirt that you ran in four days ago. It was the only, because I did a fresh like thing of laundry. So, you know, again, we'll just go down <laughs> this road right here. So did my laundry at the last place because the laundry machine is bigger there than it is here. But I didn't wash a shirt, of course, because I was wearing it. So now it's my only unclean shirt that is, you know, not a dress shirt. So, or like a nice white tee that I can't, you know, afford to have yellow stains on. So it's just like the one that I'll, I'll keep wearing until I happen to, you know, get another shirt dirty and then I'll switch over to that one. <laughs> it makes we, perfect we should, sense, guys. I'm a very rational person. We should move on before he dives yeah, even yeah. deeper into the situation and we find out more stuff that we, that we don't want to know. We can do a special episode just on like my <laughs> hygiene and my clothes <laughs> habits. Maybe we'll drop that later this week. So speaking of this weekend, or I guess it wasn't Saturday, it was Sunday, we had the, we had the two-mile showdown between the, the two women who tied for first place in the P2E two-miler, Megan Kruger and Kara Kermine. So they showed off virtually via Instagram Live. Um, it was a great morning. It was a beautiful morning out here in Boston. I went out to go film Trent Pace, Megan, uh, Kara ran an unbelievable time. She ran like 30 seconds faster than she did in the two miles. I think she ran 1114. Uh, Megan did her best, but I don't know how she was, anybody was going to catch that on Sunday morning. So congratulations to uh, Megan and Kara. Kara, the belt is in the mail and Megan, we have a kick-ass second place prize coming. I think, uh, I think Kara just was like excited to, for a head to head showdown. Like she, she perfectly ran that, uh her first two mile right in the the tying time there knowing somehow what megan was gonna run just so she could do the showdown and really put on the wheels because i mean this was an incredible performance by kara i'm happy you were able, able to make it happen because you have to have a belt winner right like yeah when there's a belt on the line you can't have it go to a tie there's no way of like sharing or splitting that you needed to have a belt winner and i thought that was the, the right way to make it happen yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no splitting prizes here. Like I said, there's no participation trophies in the two mile. There's only one champion of the P2E two mile. So I'm glad we got to award that. And hey, Megan already told me that she's, she's training for next year. So she's coming for that belt, Kara. All right, boys. Why don't we kick off the running news? Alrighty, guys. So we do have some results that we'll start off with here. And I will say much less results than we've been used to over the last few weeks. We were getting spoiled with Diamond League and all kinds of meets happening everywhere. Now, this is kind of like the quasi end of the season here. So people are winding down. A lot of people are shutting down their season. So there's a little bit going on, but not a ton. The first one I want to get into here, uh, we had the Track Fest where our guy, Ollie Hoare threw down a steaming 353 true mile to get the dub. Wasn't a whole lot else going on at that meet, but Ollie just decided to go to this kind of rinky dink meet and throw down a stupid fast time. 
I mean, unbelievable time. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I, when I saw that. I mean, guys just in unbelievable shape. I mean, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, the, the, the track national championships get canceled. Right. And you know, the, 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 probably the main people that are affected by that are Joe Klecker, Ollie Hoare, Carlos Villarreal, you know, Gordy Beamish. Right. And so they're all bummed out and they kind of, you don't hear anything from a little while and then they get signed by on. And we talked to Carlos last week and Dathan Ritzenheim been doing crazy workouts, really kind of grinding them, getting in shape. And, you know, obviously Beamish is, is injured, but, those three guys are crushing it right now. They're having, they're having, they're making, they're making something of this, of this, you know, 2020 summer season. They're racing really fast. They're running really well. And like this, this 353 by Ollie just proves that like, man, this guy was ready to go. And he really, really missed out on an opportunity to get a couple national championships this past spring. It's just super impressive to see Ollie and anyone else that's killing it this summer like that with all the uncertainty uh, with the disappointment of having some of those meets canceled for Ollie to come out just on fire like this. I mean, on running is psyched right now. Like the beginning of their uh, franchise, if you will, uh, just couldn't have started any better. Uh, I saw it was the qualifying time for the Olympics that he hit. So it doesn't quite count because there's a freeze on that right now, but Ollie's in Olympic shape and, and he is going to be, you know, ready and gearing up. Um, to represent Australia next year. So can they, I don't know if you guys know this, but is it something that they can retroactively after the freeze, once they open that qualifying back up, have this count? Or is it something that he's just going to have to run the time again to get the qualifier? I think, I mean, I could be way off on this. I think it's kind of in dispute right now. I think as the rule states right now that the times run during this freeze don't count and he'll need to redo it. Um, I could be wrong on that, but that's what I believe it is. I think we should just confidently say, yeah, oh yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Don't don't fact check me. Like if I'm wrong, don't correct me. That's what it is. We're professionals here. Um, All right. So speaking of on running and we mentioned Joe Klecker there, let's head down to the USA road mile championships, which is one of my favorite events. I didn't get to watch it live. And then there was some stupid USATF TV paywall up. So I didn't watch the race, but I did check out the results. Joe Klecker came in third with a nice like 359, I think. But the winner is a guy we've been talking about a lot. A guy who just been racing and racing and always puts himself in a chance to win. Our guy, Sam Prakel, coming home with a win in 357. Just super happy for the dude. I mean, he, he's a guy that you want to see do well. We, sure. Like you said, we've been talking about him all summer. The, there's nobody in the world that has raced more than Sam Prakel this summer. It feels like every time there's an opportunity, whether it's the big friendly, whether it's the, uh, the meet in Nashville, whatever it is, he's always there. He's always, he's always racing hard. He's always pushing the pace. Like, he's not a sit-and-kick guy. He's always pushing the pace. And to see him get a national title like this, I was so pumped for him. Um, and Mike, like you were saying, listen, we're paying for flow track. We, we've, we've succumbed to paying for flow track. We're paying for NBC gold so we can watch the, watch the races on the, on the international level. It's like, I can't, I, I'm sorry, USATF. You're, you're third on the list here. Like I can't pay to watch your, watch your races. Like you're the, you're low man on the totem pole. And I, I can't imagine they're making much money off of that. Just open it up. You probably make more money having people watch the damn races. 
I'm not sure we're paying for Vojak, but uh, Brian from Buffalo is paying <laughs> for Vojak. So thank <laughs> Brian, you, thanks. Brian. Uh, Mike, you are uh, onto your October beer, but I tell you what, it's all about Sam Summer or the Summer of Sam. <laughs> oh, he's been was, killing uh, it. He's in the, you're you're he's in the mix of everything. Oh, that was pretty good, guys. That was terrible. That was. Were you thinking about that all week? Were you thinking about how you could work that in there? No, Steve kept going, though. I thought of it like 30 seconds ago, and Steve was making his point, and I was like, am I going to be able to work this joke out? Uh, yeah, you looked, you looked so excited when you were getting ready to say that. I, I have another comment on this Road Mile Championship. Um, how can we call this a Road Mile Championship? Did you guys see the pictures? All I know is it finished on a track. So it, it finished on a track, but it turns out it was like the last 500 meters were on a track. Right. So it's over, it's, it's further. It's like more than a quarter mile on a track. Like, can we really call this a road mile? It's so ridiculous. No way. So that's, a, that's another thing that drives me nuts about the USATF paywall thing that they do. Cause they let you watch like the first, like minute of the that's broadcast so and you're like, and I'm like, Oh, so nice. Cool. They're actually going to let me watch this. And then they cut it off. So I did see that there was like a track involved and all that, but I didn't know how much 500 meters is way too much to call it a road mile championship i mean why why would you do that i mean in it, like, has, it, it can't have a, anything to do it I can't have anything to do like, with like covid i mean this is like a you can't going have on a spectator. road i think that's why they did it is because they didn't want why spectators gathering near the finish uh, so that uh, they did if they put like most of the finish on the track they could like fence it off and block it off and prevent people from coming to the finish so but still it's like yeah it's dumb yeah, what's what's the deal? An ignorant running podcaster here. What's the deal with the Road Mile Championship? So they host it at a different, like, big invite every year. It's like it's like a, the U.S. Open or something in golf. Yeah, I yeah, kind of so love that. I love how we have these like big miles across the country, and each year we get to you know elect one as the the championship. So uh, maybe they shouldn't. It's the they can lose their uh, ability to host again if they're gonna have it on a track. But I like how we are bringing up different events every year for that. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of the things we, we talked about early on in this podcast is how much we love the road mile and how, like, these big road miles, you know, that they these towns put a lot of money into, you know, that they're kind of, they kind of build up as these big events or some of the coolest events in the sport because you can run your mile, like, you can run your race. Anybody can run a mile, right? And then everybody can gather at the finish line to watch the elite race. Um, they're awesome, yeah. And I think it's really cool how they all can, like, lobby to – to become the, the U.S. Road Mile Championship. So it's always, it's always a different course. It's always got like – and that's the beautiful thing about a road mile. It's all, it's all kind of like there's something specific. Like we talked about the Liberty Mile last year. I went out there and ran that. It's like, you know, it's, it's down and back around a couple city blocks. It's really cool. Um, we were at the Fifth Avenue Mile where it's just one straight shot down along, you know, next to Central Park, slightly downhill. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I love the road miles. All right, so the last results I kind of want to touch on here. So we got the Sunset Tour. Uh, this was probably the most legit meet of the bunch, at least on the track. And uh, I think the big event for me was the 10K there, the men's 10K. We had some big names. We had King Chez. We had Ben Flanagan throwing down a good time. There was a, a whole squad of BYU alumni throwing down there. Pretty cool race. King Chez taking it home. But what do you guys think of the Sunset Tour? Big, uh, big PR for Ben Flanagan. I was looking at that. Huge. I was running in college. Like he is, he's another guy who's in amazing shape coming off this whole thing. Um, I mean, I don't have too many takeaways. This is a well, look. Let me get your serious take, Steve, and then I have a funny take for you guys. I hope it's funny. At least. 
I don't have many serious takes, but I do have some takes here. Um, we've, we talk a lot about how to make this sport mar- more marketable. And I've really kind of talked, I've talked about this in just the past couple of weeks, but this was this sunset tour or uh, this, this, the, the second of the two sunset tours. This was three events. I believe it was a women's 1500 meter and two 10 Ks, right? The broadcast time on flow track, <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes for three events. What the hell are we doing, people? Come on. I, I understand that the 10K is a longer event, and there's two of them. But do we need to make this broadcast over two hours? What are we doing? Let's get, the, let's get the athletes on the track and get them off and get the next athletes on the track and then get them off. And you can make this package this into this really awesome, cool one-hour event. We're going to make this two hours? What the heck are we doing out there? It sounds like this is a, like an open road race to anyone who wants to participate. So you have like the weekend I mean, warriors running an hour and a half in the 10K out there. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? We have three events, three heats, and we're doing over two hours. It's insane. I couldn't believe it because I couldn't watch it live this week. So I went back to kind of watch it a couple of days later. And I'm kind of like fast forward, fast forward, fast forward through the, the broadcast to get the events. And then like I was getting towards the end and I realized it was like, it's only three races what this is absolutely insane so i don't know we got to do something about this like it you know i think that we're learning a lot about how to do these how to broadcast these events virtually and how to get people to watch kind of you know from different parts of the country as we're doing that we need to get better and we need to like figure out like what how to make this essentially tv friendly you know we we're we're we're, and, and the tough part of that is we're asking people that don't have any experience necessarily broadcasting to put together like a a watchable athletic event and so they got to get out of the mindset of being uh putting together track meet being a race director for or meet director for this track meet and get in the mindset of being like how is this going to be more entertaining to watch over screen not in person um so that's my biggest takeaway from from the race the other thing is king chez is a singlet awesome i think he's had that before but i didn't i'd ever noticed the the crown and the cheserec on the on the back of a singlet awesome So now I'll derail this conversation. When I was looking at the results and you see King Chez and then you see his sponsor is Skechers. And I know he's been doing that for a while now. And there's a couple of other games like Meb is Skechers, right? Uh, it's not working Skechers. Like no one is running in Skechers <laughs> out there. I don't know. Chezarek, like good for you for getting some money from them. But if you work at Skechers, I might, I might spend my marketing dollars elsewhere. But I, I mean, know, I, I kind of, I kind of love that play, right? Like, because when Chesrek was coming up and like getting sponsored, he was the biggest name in track and field, at least, you know, on the American side, right? Like distance running. He was the guy. So they just decided, forget it. We're going all in. Every cent we have for this, we're just going to put in the biggest track name. Now, it kind of didn't work because Ches kind of went like MIA for a little bit. And then he had this whole thing about like trying to be able to run for the U.S. So, he wasn't running at these huge profile events, but I still kind of respect the move, right? Like where they're just going to throw everything that they have at the biggest name in the sport. It's kind of great, but it is fun to see an elite athlete like that running in Skechers. I mean, I'm sure they're like not Skechers. They just have a Skechers logo on it. He probably gets a shoe like custom made, throw, throw a Skechers logo on it. I don't know. Trent, people forget that Meb Kofleski won the Boston Marathon in a Skechers singlet and in Skechers shoes. But that's my so, point. Like, 
I kind of remember that, but now now you don't see anyone else. Like it's just not working. I think there's just Skechers was, is so ingrained in, in people like our age, like so ingrained in our head as like the lame like skater shoes, right? That you would get if you were in like middle school. They weren't even lame at the time. They were kind of cool to have Skechers, but they were like skateboard shoes. They're not running shoes. So they some of their like um, their racing shoes actually aren't bad. They were they were one of the first companies to the carbon plated racing shoe. So like it was, it was them, Hoka and Nike were kind of the, now everybody's got a carbon plated kind of nitro foam shoe or whatever you want to call it. Um, they were one of the first people to that. So some of their racing shoes aren't bad. Um, yeah, but the, they don't the problem have anything is, else though. The problem is like perception, right? Like Trent was oh, talking yeah. about, like they weren't looked at as running shoe. And you know, I mean, I think we can say it like, right. Like I think, back when I was in middle school, like Skechers were like a joke, right? Like you, 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 pay less you shoe store. yeah, you gave the kid wearing Skechers a hard time. Like you, you didn't want to show up to recess rocking Skechers. You just didn't want to do it. And now, I mean, it's hard to, even if they are putting out a great product, nobody is really taking Skechers that seriously in the sport. Hey, Skechers. Send us some shoes. Maybe you can change our mind on yeah. that. If you want to sponsor the show, I'll be the biggest Skechers guy in the world. <laughs> All right. Let's move on from some results to some news stories. We've got a couple cool ones today. This one got me all kinds of jazzed up and fired up. NCAA is mulling over the idea of running cross country this winter starting in January. Gentlemen, we could possibly have cross country this winter. So we talked about it last week, how I didn't realize how much the time of year connected to sports, like how important that was to me. And I was like, man, if we're not going to have cross country in the fall, do I really want cross country? And then I started thinking about cross country in January. And boys, sign me up. I am all in. I am all in on January cross country. And they talked about maybe doing the national championship in, in March. So there's, there's two times a year for me that are the, it's like a couple weeks span. That's the best time of year to run for me. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm peaking during those times. The weather's just perfect. It's the last couple weeks in November and it's the first couple weeks in March, right? The last couple weeks in November is right before in new England, the weather turns to hell and it's, it's cool out. Like the leaves are all off. It's get that crisp air and it's just ready for fast times championship season. And then those first couple weeks in March is it's like the bitter cold is just starting to die down and it's, you're kind of in that, you know, 40 to 50 degree range and you can kind of get out there. And it's like, kind of like all the, all the pent up, you know, feeling of being locked inside for months and you get outside and it, there still might be snow banks, but the sun's shining and it's, it's nice enough to wear shorts. So I'm all in on this. I'm all in on a March national championship. I think this is going to be awesome. I read a uh, comment saying, you know, this is going to be interesting what they, if they go forward to this, what do you do with indoor track and that sort of thing? F indoor track. I mean, let's do a cross country and outdoor track. I don't need indoor track in my life. Indoor track is a wonderful bonus that we all get as runners. But like most sports don't have three seasons, right? We can have track one season, but we can have cross country another season. Couldn't agree more. Steve, your comment about, um, you know, different sports just feel like they belong to different seasons, right? And washing out a season, you know, can be a little weird, which, which I think we all agreed with. And I thought it was an interesting take. However, 
and again, just agreeing with you again for here, um, some more here. You can keep agreeing with me. I like that. This is great. But cross country, like, is good in the fall, and like we love it in the fall. But like, it's even like potentially better in the winter as like this badass slugfest sport. Unless we get you know these terrible meat directors canceling or putting it on a road because it snowed a couple inches but cross country has the potential to be like super special uh in the winter time i'm so excited yeah it, i mean if, if we're gonna race in like you know six inches of snow a foot of snow like even better do not if you're gonna do this do not put these races on the roads if you put these races on the roads then i am out do this in the crappy frozen snowy fields totally totally agree and see where I respect your take on, you know, appreciating sports for the season they're in. When it comes to cross country, I don't care. Put it in July. I, like, it really doesn't matter to me. I just want cross country. I need it. I will say this is going to be an interesting dynamic, though. Like you said, we're going to start the season, the early season meets, you know, our nutty combs and all that stuff. They're going to be in January, February, in these cold winter months. But instead of the normal progression where it's like we start in early fall, you know, when the weather's perfect and it slowly progresses to cold snowy weather, we're going to be progressing from cold snowy weather to nice spring weather. So it's just, it, it is backwards and it is a crazy dynamic, but no matter what, I love it. I don't care when you put cross country, give me cross country. I need it. All right. The final topic we got for the news today so Mo Farah is setting up here in a couple days for his one-hour record attempt. So basically how that works, there's no distance. He's going to get on the roads, the track. I don't even know. I don't know where he's doing it. All I know is he's lacing up the shoes. He's going to run as far as he possibly can for one hour to try and break the world record. What do we think? Shout out to uh, to – uh, what's his name again? Sir Mo. I was like Night Sir Mo, Mo. Uh, King Mo. We were thinking King Chez, King Mo. So shout out to Sir Mo's PR team for making this a big deal because Mo Farah has no business not destroying this record. I mean, what kind of record is this? This is a made-up record that we have here, and he's going to run them like up for an hour. I mean, Mo should absolutely dominate it. Good for him for getting his name in the news for something that should be a walk in the cake for him. A piece of cake, a walk in the park, a walk in the <laughs> cake. Did you say oh, a fish mashed that? What does that mean? Um, a walk in the cake. It means soft. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like a cushy piece of the park. landing, a piece of the park. Uh, whatever. I'm just saying, like, good for Mo. It's fun, and I'm sure it's uh, it'll be a, a fun time. And and you know, again, we always appreciate a creative um, way to stage competition during these times, but. Uh, I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? He's, he's Mo Fair, and, and I don't even know what this record is. Like, when's the last time someone even tried to break this record? I think this is cool. Like, I think that this is, this is, this is, this should be like an Olympic event. You know, the distance you can run in one hour, I think is pretty cool. But I will say, we needed this like three months ago. We needed this when there was nothing else going on. Cause this is like the crazy different type of record idea that we were talking about, you know, in the spring, when the spring was turned into summer and it looked like we were going to have no sports ever again. And we're like, Hey, just go for crazy records, do something crazy, do something stupid. Like we needed this three months ago. Now that we have races back, you know, we're, we have diamond leagues. We, I think we got two diamond league meets this week. It's like, Mo, 
come on, we need you three months ago. This is, I don't really care about it that much that right now. It's a cool idea, but I would have cared about it way more back in June. Gentlemen, I got to be honest with you. I don't care about this event at all. <laughs> I, I don't care about it even a little bit. Like, don't let me into what you're saying there, Trent, where it's like, I think we can all be on board. No, I can't be on board. I don't care about this. I don't care about this meaningless record. I don't care about a guy strapping on shoes and just like running for an hour. Like, this is has is not racing. It's record chasing. It's It's just, it's not exciting to me at all and like you said maybe three months ago i would have had a different take if i was just craving any kind of like big name like doing something what is the storyline that's going to come out of this mo farah breaks this stupid record racing nobody on the i would rather see mo farah just like line up against anybody just go race somebody and blow somebody i i don't care about this i don't care i see what you're saying i do think it's a little different than just straight record chasing um, just because it's kind of, it's interesting from the, from the idea that it's kind of like a paradigm shift, right? You're going from racing to cover a certain distance to like racing, like literally racing the clock. So I think right. it's interesting, right? But, and, but in and that case, I, I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around it now, right? Like, I don't even, <laughs> like, what is even a good, like, hour, like, what is a good distance? Like, I, I can't comprehend it. It makes me feel stupid. I like, I just, <laughs> I'm not tuning in. I'm not tuning in for it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I get what you're saying, but I, I, I can't help but be a little interested by this. And like in Mo Farah, you got to like Mo Farah, other than probably like Usain Bolt is probably the biggest name of the sport in the last two decades. So like anytime he does something, I'm going to tune in. All right, gentlemen, that's all I got for the news. All right, now let's get into our interview with Eric Avila of the Golden Coast Track Club. Guys, I had a really good time talking with Eric. It was fun talking to him. He was one of the rare cases where we were brainstorming people to have on the podcast to kind of invite on for an interview. And I looked it up and his, his name came up and I went to go DM him and he already followed us. And it turns out he was already kind of a listener of what, I, what we were doing and he really likes what we're doing here. So that was kind of cool to be like, you know, let me look this guy up. Oh, hey, he already follows us. So um, let's get into our interview. Let's talk. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, nice shirt. No, no way, man. <laughs> so where, where are you at right now? Are you back? Are you back in Southern California? Yeah, I literally, uh, I just pulled up to my house. Um, oh, I, like, today. That's why I was like a few minutes late. Um, yeah, my brother picked me up and then I was like catching up with the parents and then I was like, all right, I got to go. And then, uh, yeah. Jeez, so, thank, thanks so much. Thanks for bailing on your family. I yeah. know, huh? <laughs> no, I, I'll see them. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, it so exactly to like not have to hang out with them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that. Don't worry. So are you, so you're, uh, are you kind of entering a little bit of like an off season here or like, what are your plans over the next couple of weeks? Um, yeah, so I'll have uh, I raced this Saturday. Oh, you do? Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So I'm at least as far as I know, supposed to race on Saturday at, uh, I think it's at Azusa Pacific, um, uh, the Oxy or well, not Oxy, but Sunset Meet. Okay. And oh, that's so right. I'll do that. And then after that, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably shut it down and reset yeah. it. Like that. Yeah, I feel I feel like most people are doing that right now. It, it but it's just like yeah. it's such a strange year. Like, how would this? How does this off season you think, or the off season you're planning for, 
How is it going to be different than previous years? Is it, is it going to be different at all? Or are you going to try to keep it normal? Uh, yeah. I mean, I try to keep it normal. I mean, usually, I mean, yeah, obviously there's tons of races usually and you're coming off Europe or something like that. And this time, I guess I'm coming off. I was just in Oregon for like five weeks. And so that was my Europe instead of, uh, instead of going to Europe. But, um, yeah, we'll approach it the same way. So I'll do this race and then I'll just take a break. And I, and it's one of those things too, when every, at this time of the year, at least for me, you can always feel it. You can always feel that you're like hanging on, maybe not like fitness, maybe you're hanging on fitness a little bit, but more like hanging on to, uh, I guess getting out there every single day. Cause after this point, it's been, it's been a while, you know, six months of, you know, we've been still getting after it trying to yeah. at least did you so. did you run i'm trying to think did you run all five big friendlies up in oregon no so i ran three of them um you and three it's kind of fun yeah i didn't even know those were happening when i went to oregon <laughs> i actually went to oregon just to like mix up my like i said just to mix up the training and i was gonna go to oregon and then i was gonna run those tennessee meets the nashville one in memphis and yeah. Memphis, and then I was going to run these LA ones, and that was my plan. And then all these Portland meets started popping up, and I was like, "Hey, I'm here! Like, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I am like a couple hours away." And uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's just kind of funny how it happened. So we were uh, big, big fans of the big friendlies here. I mean, we were dying for some track to watch, and when those started popping up, like it got us fired up. I know it got you know the whole like peak too early community was fired up to watch track. What was that like for you guys as athletes? You've been kind of cooped up. Your whole schedule gets, you know, thrown out the window. You don't know when you're racing. And then you finally get like a nice series. Where you can have some really competitive track. Like how, how great was that for you guys out there? Yeah. I mean, it's, as you would imagine, it was, uh, it's like kid in a candy store. You hear it, You're like, wait, what? And the next thing you know, um, you know, someone's texting someone else, like athletes and we're all like trying to get in and see how we can, you know, maneuver our ways into these races. Cause I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, the training has been really fun and training camps not really fun, but yeah, I mean, it was huge. I mean, I think Jeff and Jeff Merrill and Portland track putting those on, uh, was a nice pleasant surprise. And they were kind of just doing that independently. I didn't hear about it. And it was one of those things too, where after every meet, the meet would end. And then Jeff would like say to me like, you're coming next week. Right. And I was like, you have another one. You're doing another <laughs> one. And so it was kind of funny because I was supposed to come back to San Diego um, and then I just kept moving my flight. Like I kept moving it back and back. Cause every time I, I would hear about another meet and I was like, I'll hang out, I'll stay longer. That's fine. So, so you guys were like in the same know as us as fans, right? Cause we, we hear oh, this yeah. one big meet and it was awesome. And then they get, they drop, there's another one coming and we're like, let's keep it going. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually that's exactly what happened. I was just like, you guys, I had no idea. I would ask some of the athletes and some of them, well, most of them didn't know. And then like, as it got closer, it was like, well, there might be this one this week. And then, um, yeah. And then you get an email and that's pretty much how I got looped in. And then once I was on that email list, then I was getting the emails every like Monday and I would get updated, which was nice because I felt special. <laughs> Crazy. Well, it, you know, they had to loop you in after you took home a nice dub. I think it was in the three or four. I can't remember which one, but you get took home a nice win. So that always makes the experience a little bit more fun, I'm sure. Um, but you know, the big friendlies, just like every other, you know, sport in the world right now, you guys are doing it in front of no fans or at least very limited, you know, people and fans. Yeah. And I guess I was wondering like for, you know, obviously if you're in an NBA game, the place is going to be packed and super loud and crazy. So not having fans <laughs> makes a huge difference. I mean, not to like throw any shade at our sport here, but 
how much of a difference does it actually make for you guys? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah, if you're at, like, a world championship or something, it's a big difference. But for these big friendlies, does it just kind of feel like business as usual? Uh, no. It, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't feel like business as usual. I mean, I guess I remember indoors this year we ran the BU Last Chance meet at the oh, Boston yeah. University track. And I remember going there and I was like, this is so bizarre. It's so quiet here. There's no one here. And it's because it was like all kind of blocked off. And uh, I don't know. And I remember at the time there was whispers of this, like this, yeah, this like disease, not disease, this uh, virus and stuff. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then obviously it became what it was. But, um, but the meet that the big friendly, it felt like a high school dual meet. I remember the first one I did was big family three. And that was the first time that they had like, I think like multiples. Well, maybe, maybe that's the second time, but we would, we did like a four by four at the end of the meet and everyone was just giddy and we were all laughing. And then I remember, I think it was like Josh Kerr. He was like, come on guys, let's be kind of serious about this. And we were just like, no, oh, this is so much fun. When's the last time you did a four by four? Like for most of us, like it was, it was really cool. And so each meet uh, after a while, we, we all were like friends and, and especially the last one, I think it was Chanel Price. She was run like an 800 and the entire, like every athlete and coach there was just like cheering her on, trying to, you know, give that crowd environment that we maybe are used to in, in certain meets and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was really funny. It was cool. I mean, well, us watching, we could tell, and that's kind of one of the reasons why we enjoyed it so much. There was a, you know, there was kind of a lot of, there was, a, there was a handful of meets that were going on virtual that people could watch, but we really dived into big friendlies because for that reason, yeah. we could tell that you guys were having fun with it. You were doing those, you know, weird uh, relays at the end and you could tell that, you know, yeah. you guys were all becoming friendly throughout the course of it. So, I mean, that's why we, we kind of jumped on as like, this is our favorite race series yeah. or races virtually. Yeah. I mean, as an athlete, it was, it was really unique and really fun. I mean, we obviously had to go through all the protocols, which we did. And then, you know, um, take all the measures, the cautious measures that you need to do. But once you got to the meet, it was, it's so much fun. It's almost like a fraternity or, or some sort of uh, sorority in the sense for the, for the men and women. Cause you know, it's, it's a, our sport is a bubble. And a lot of us, uh, you go to these training camps, you kind of isolate. And then with COVID happening, it's like, you're really isolated now. And then, you know, some of your friends become well become the athletes and even become this is gonna sound weird but even become the media like the photographers and journalists and you guys and stuff we we start to see them more frequently at meets and so even when i was at the meets i got to see some photographers that are like my friends because they've been covering the meets for a number of years now and so that's that was also a nice excuse it was just fun to see everyone again and, and that's what this thing brought it's cool. Well, I mean, there, there's so much uncertainty in the world, right? Like the, the yeah. Olympics got pushed back a year and, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, it's going to happen. But nobody can say one, with 100% certainty, it's going to happen. And, you know, there's and, and there's all these questions up in the air is like, can can brands continue to support the athletes in the same way that they have in the past? So it's kind of a little scary. So like you said, it, I can imagine it was kind of like a little bit of a support group for you guys. You guys are like, you know, runner, runners anonymous out there. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, I think at the last meet, it was kind of funny. There was a moment where I think it was me, Hassan, Mead, Blankenship, and Centro. And we were kind of chuckling because we were realizing like, oh, we all like came out of high school around the same time. And we were just like, this is pretty cool that we're like in the sport long enough to see all of the like this, obviously. And then we were talking about the shoes and all the new stuff going on with, with that. And 
it was just kind of fun in a weird time because it was very lax and like Sancho was joking about how he was out of shape and then you know Hasi was like oh yeah this and that and it was just so it was fun it was like oh yeah we, we should go race now and it was this weird uh, environment but it was really cool so Eric, you mentioned that that 400 too. That was hopefully good fun for you. Uh, can you be our athlete like uh, ambassador to get that at every track meet? Because I mean, that was electric. Just the mixed gender, you know, relays at the end there. So oh, I'm going to so- need you to like promote that and get that on the schedules now. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually, when I was done, I was like, "Can we do that more often?" And when they didn't add it the next meet, I got, I kind of texted Jeff. That I was like, "Dude, you got to put that back in." It was so much fun. Thank you for being on top of this. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So one thing that tends to be a uh, trend for us in these interviews, something that's really important to us is people's styles, right? Like the swag they're wearing and kind of their unique image. And I've noticed throughout the years that you are one of two things, or sometimes at the same time, you're a big necklace guy and you're a big sunglass guy. Now, is this like, you know, stuff that you've just enjoy wearing or like what what goes into deciding like this is this is my style this is what I'm gonna rock this is you know the image I'm putting out there on the track uh that's funny I think it's kind of like a look good feel good kind of thing that's Um, that's what I'm talking about yeah I mean same with the speed suit it kind of became like a joke one time I think it was like 2018 I like emailed Adidas and I was like hey can I have a speed suit and they're like uh And I was like, yeah, send me like an extra small. I was like, don't, like, I'm assuming the sprinters are pretty big. And, and anyway, that was another fun thing just to kind of make it fun. And especially in the summertime, like these meets are supposed to be fun. Um, I do wear sunglasses and hats a lot because I'm in San Diego and it's, it's sunny here all the time. And um, so I kind of started doing that when I moved down here to train. Um, but then that kind of slowly started. At one point, I think uh, last year, I hadn't raced in shades. And then last year, I was like, I'm going to race in these sunglasses. And I remember my coach saw me in the start line. And he's like, what do you do? Take those off. I was like, nah, man, <laughs> you're killing my vibe. Like, <laughs> like I'm feeling this. And uh, so, and I ran well. So I just was like, all right, I guess I have to keep doing this a little bit. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you find fun. something that works. You got to stick with it. I don't think you can be oh, from yeah. San Diego and not, like, look cool running. I just feel like it's a San Diego scene right there. Oh, Yeah. You know, so it's funny. I don't know if I'll be able to pull it up here, but I, uh, speaking of, I actually ordered like some Amazon stuff when I was gone in, in Oregon. And so today when I arrived, I had like all these like boxes and just random crap that I maybe ordered. And one of the things was a chain. And so it's funny. Yes. Nice. Um, I think it's too big. So I might have to, we'll see. I don't know. No, I think that, I think that adds to it. Having the huge gold chain there. I think it's <laughs> I not big one. enough. Yeah. I, need I don't that. know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we're not like a little guy on right now, but it is fun. Uh, my dad used to wear like gold chains back in the seventies and I, he had some cool, like open shirt flair and I always <laughs> liked that. And so it's just kind of, I don't know. Have you got to get the speed suit with like a zipper on it. And just zip it down a little Dude, bit. So on the last meet, I don't know, was it Friday? I uh, I was trying to like zip it up and this chain got caught on the zipper oh, and it was no. like in it because this is a small chain and I remember I was like they were calling us to the line and I was just like oh, I'm about to <laughs> or rip something but anyway it was fine. <laughs> so Eric you so you kind of have a very unique story um, in the sense where you at NAU you left NAU you kind of did something different I think I read an interview where <laughs> You were doing some construction, working for a real estate company. Then you got back into the sport. You started running in college again. 
what was kind of your motivation or what was the spark to be like, I, I miss this sport. I got, I got to give it another shot. Sure. Um, I think it's like anything people go through life uh, in like chapters and stuff. And at that time, I just wanted to have fun. I didn't really want to run. I went to NAU and I did run, but I, uh, I didn't have the fire that you need to be, you know, consistent with everything. And, and uh, I would show up to like workouts. And then if the team wasn't meeting, I just wouldn't run. I was like, I, I just wanted to be a kid, I guess. I wanted to have fun. So, um, but then, yeah, stepping away also, it wasn't like the hardest decision because I also, I think at the time I wanted to step away. I didn't want, I, I don't know if I lost the love for it or something, but I just wanted to be normal. I felt like I had been running for a while and, and I just wanted to be a kid and have fun. And I did. And then at one point, just like anything that got old, I guess, and I was working construction and uh, it was super fun at the time. I was like 19, 20 years old and I was living in Southern California. Um, I would work in the daytime and then I'd go surf in the night at nighttime or I would surf in the morning before work. And then I would go to work and have a bunch of tacos. And in my mind, I was like, this is the life, man. Like, it's so nice out here. And at my, and also like, you gotta remember at 19 or 20 years old, I thought I was like making bank because here I am working construction. I'm making 15 to 18 bucks an hour. And I thought that was like, I, I'm making so much more money than my friends, but I wasn't going to school. And then eventually I was like, wait a second, this is like going nowhere. And <laughs> probably should learn some trade so that that's kind of when it it switched at one point I think I I was 21 and all of a sudden uh partying was legal now I could buy alcohol and it wasn't like didn't have this edge anymore and I was like well that takes it away and then uh yeah just like anything I just was ready to go back to school and then uh when I started going back to take classes at the junior college there was like this kid in my class at the junior college I enrolled at and I think I just took like two classes that term and then he uh he like recognized me um and was like hey did you are you eric avila did you run and i was like oh yeah yeah i used to run and then i guess he was on the track team and so then one thing led to another and i was like yeah i guess i can go run i need to lose some weight because i had gained a lot of weight <laughs> and then uh yeah and then the rest is history so was there at any point when you started, you know, you, you kind of went back to school, you started running again and you have to wake up for either one of the, for one of those early morning workouts, or you got to go out and like on a 15, 16 mile long run. And you're just like, shit, just, just put me back on the construction site. Uh, no, actually it's funny. It was the opposite. I remember okay. telling my uh, boss of the, of the real estate company that I used to do the landscaping and stuff for, and he was asking me, we would catch up every once in a while, especially when I was home for holidays. And he'd ask like how the training's going. And I told him and, and it probably like, you know, brings you some humility and empathy to, to people that work those jobs. Cause I was like that, those 15 mile runs are easier than those 10 hour shifts I was doing with you and digging ditches and stuff. And um, maybe that, maybe he liked did that on purpose cause he was a family friend. And he also knew that I was kind of just like bumming around. And so maybe, I don't know, but uh yeah. I mean, in the beginning, it was hard, obviously, when you're out of shape, it's, it's always really hard. But uh, I think you surround yourself with like a good group of people. And what I found at Southern Oregon when I transferred up to, uh, to Ashland, Oregon, was a really good, like tight knit brotherhood or whatever. And it didn't really feel like 15 miles. It felt like you were just kicking it with the boys. Oh, yeah. And we're running 15 miles. So. <laughs> the best part cool. about about running right is your practice is just you get to hang out and talk and tell stories with the with your teammates Dude, um, yeah <laughs> the sunday morning long it doesn't get any better but you had a you had a bunch of success at southern oregon was there any part of you though when you were there 
like wishing you were at, you know, D1 and, and seeing if you could capture all Americans and, and championships at that level? Or were you like feeling good about your path and, and knew you were doing it your way and having success? Uh, probably the second. I mean, there's sometimes I think about it like, oh, you know, like would it, how would it have been? But then at the same time, no, like I think it was, I think it worked out for the best. I think at the time I needed, uh, I don't know. I think I needed the support that I got from Southern Oregon and, and those guys, like, um, like I said, they were all, we were all best friends. We were all running, but at no point when I got to the school, did anyone on that team ever think like, I'm going to do this professionally. Cause that wasn't the environment at that school because it's not a big D one school. While I remember NAU people were there and everyone that was like on the team there, if you were top seven and a guy or a girl on NAU's team, when I was there, you were also dreaming of being a pro and going to the Olympics. Like, hmm. but at Southern Oregon, that was not the case. It was like, we, you were, you were on the team cause you just wanted to like do a sport in college and like, it was almost, it was just a lot of fun. And then as we had a lot of fun, it was uh, just success just kind of happened. And I think that was the perfect environment for me. There was like no pressure. And that also is, um, yeah, kind of what helped helped me. I think a, a guy that is similar to me in that sense is maybe, maybe Craig Engels, because he has a similar vibe with like his friend groups and his training groups. And I think if it gets too serious, um, you know, for me at least, if it's too serious, I'm not having fun with it. I'm not going to probably run as well. That's just yeah. weird. That is what we are all about. You are preaching our, this is, you're speaking our language. This is, that's amazing to hear you say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah we're, we're a bunch of like mediocre D2 runners. So to hear you say that is like, just like, it's, that's our mindset. I think all of us in college where, I mean, you take it super seriously, right? It's like, no matter what level course, you're at, whether yeah, you're yes. middle school or a big time D1, you take it like seriously at the same time you have that just like realization of what it is and it's us in college having fun, like working our asses off, really enjoying yeah. it. So, um, you yeah. know, maybe we can be as good as you one day cause we have that same mindset. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think after this past the race I ran this past weekend, I'm rolling that one out, but, uh, um, yeah, I was going to so, ask you about that. I saw some stuff uh, you guys had, like, um, I don't know what that was. Yeah, I, yeah. I so we, Looks sweet. We did a virtual, we did a virtual, so we wanted to put together a virtual race, but we wanted to do something a little different, maybe a distance that, uh, that you know, people don't always race. And uh, we're all from, Ma well, Mike and I are from Massachusetts. Trent is from New Hampshire, just north, north oh, okay. of Massachusetts. I was going to ask you guys that. Yeah, and so one thing that we talked about on the podcast that we, we never realized in the past was Massachusetts is like the only state that runs a true two mile and a true one mile. Everybody else runs a metric really? mile, metric two mile. And so it was yeah, kind of a really. thing. So we made a big deal out of it. Like, all right, we're going to do a true two mile race. And you know, we just kind of did a virtual race with that. That's so cool. Yeah. I had no idea. So you're going 1609 and then yeah. 3218. Wow. That's oh, yeah. funny. I mean, I, I, I've been running my whole life. And I didn't know that somebody brought it up. I was like, I was, at, you know, I was at a bar or something. Somebody brought it up and they were like, yeah, you don't run a true mile in high school. And I was like, no, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. And it turns out Massachusetts is like the only state. That's crazy. Are the, the tracks in Massachusetts, uh, well, in your guys' area, are they 440, like 440 yards? No, but mm. they, they have, they have a one mile and a two mile marker. They have a marker. Okay. Okay. I was wondering that because the high school track that I ran on growing up, it, it's, it still is. It's a 440-yard track, which I didn't realize is so rare because it's exactly yeah. four laps. You don't have to do that nine-meter thing. But um, they, it's also a dirt track, and it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. But, um, I, Wait, I was that like, was oh, your high school track? Was it yeah, dirt it's track? Still dirt to this day. Yeah, it's still dirt. Yeah. 
Dude, that's so <laughs> badass. That's like and it's a, it's a full 40 yard, which so both of those two things are pretty cool. So sometimes I would come home in college and like work out there and I'd be hitting my splits would be off. And I was like, man, I'm just, I guess I'm off today. And then I'd realize, <laughs> oh, I'm running farther. Like technically. Yeah. yeah and on dirt. <laughs> Slightly, but like, I don't know. It's weird. So. so speaking of two miles, you won the 2019 indoor two mile championship and now before you correct me i know <laughs> that technically on no, paper yeah okay good i'm glad you agree with me here because dude how bullshit is that like this we're talking about a national championship here and we're not gonna put everybody on the same line we're gonna have these two heats and have a system where you can win the fast heat i mean yeah is that something that still bugs you because it bothers me still to this day it's crazy i appreciate you guys support uh yeah man it was a weird i mean it was yeah it was a weird situation uh we kind of got wind of it the day before they were like oh you know gonna add drew and i'm fine with that like if he's gonna add depth that didn't bug me at all i was like yeah all right like he's a very accoladed like deserve i think he was coming off injury or something and i like and i'm like drew and i get on and we're friends. And so I'm like, yeah, put them in. But then when they did the B section thing and put them in there, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Which also at first I thought like that kind of, and I, my first thought was like, well, that sucks for Drew. But then when I saw the start list and I realized, and I was like, oh wait, his teammates are in there. Uh, I know it's going to happen. Exactly. And then right then, you know, we uh, kind of tried to not petition it, but we did like speak up. We're like, Hey, can, is there any way you guys can like, you know, do this? But I mean, USATF, the board at the time, or still is, it's a lot of, uh, sprint background, like coaches and directors, and they're very black and white with the, you know, uh, if it's like a 400, you just go and you know the time and go after it. And so it's a valid point. Like we knew the time going in. Um, but you know, distance races, they run obviously differently championship style than a championship style like 200 or 400 so that's unfortunate but yeah i mean sometimes it uh <laughs> I, I i missed out on some money <laughs> that, yeah. that probably but and, and so on so many levels right because like the first thing i thought yeah. of was like there was only like five guys in that b section like come on like, like let's just let's combine yeah. it into one and then for like from a fan's perspective like obviously there's your perspective where you lost out on a true national championship you lost out on money and then from our perspective it's like who wants to watch that who wants to watch like a time trial national champion that just sucks the fun right out of it yeah i mean i'm a big advocate of, of like racing i mean maybe because i'm not as good at time trialing uh i'm better <laughs> at tactical races um and so i, I, I like yeah i uh I do better in those races. So I was pretty stoked, you know, uh, I also know I was in shape and stuff, but yeah, I think it does take away from it. I think I'm not a big fan of the two heat combined, you know, they do it in college still, I think with the NCAAs and, and some other, some other races, but yeah, I mean, what if they hypothetically picked an Olympic team off of that? Like that would be a bit bizarre, but yeah, I don't know. You know, again, the only way I can defend anything is like, you know, we all knew the rules going in. So, uh, and then we all ran the race. So, you know, it is funny though because people are like, oh, well, you know, why didn't you take the lead? And I'm like, man, you take the lead. <laughs> like, you realize, <laughs> go look at the names on that list. Like, I'm sorry, but it was a, it was a good field. I'm not leaving that. Like, like <laughs> when you, when you said it's a valid point the way they did it, we're going to cut that because you don't have to admit that. I mean, that's BS what happened. And I don't care what kind of background they have. I mean, they got to understand that it's a totally different race there. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. If I'm being like Frank, 
I don't agree with it. It does frustrate me. I think it's bullshit. Love it. But keep going, keep going, preach. <laughs> no, man. I mean, like, Let'sRun.com interviewed me after the race, but then I kind of got roasted by Let's Run's boards, and so I mean, also at this uh, point, it's a year and a half ago, and so I guess it's like whatever. So, you know, it was funny. But in the Let's Run interview, I think they asked me like, uh, "Do you think you should be the national champion?" And I think I said something like, "I feel like I'm the national champ." And I just said yeah, that like, "Yeah, you I love it. I love it." And then, <laughs> but then I got lit up on the boards, and I was like, "All right." Whatever. <laughs> or so I'm told. It's funny. I mean, I feel like you, you. I mean, if you're getting lit up by the Let's Run boards, I feel like that's that should be you're like a job. positive thing. I mean, yeah, that should be like a check. Right. Be like, up, oh, did something good. Got roasted by Let's Run. So that's true, man. It means I'm a real athlete here now. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, you're relevant in the sport. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I I did uh, kind of on that. I I in my uh, preparation for today's interview, I I think I read something that you you love keeping your second place awards and second place trophies as a kind of motivation is that true oh yeah yeah man uh yeah in college i got second twice and then and then i finally won and then now as a pro i have i think two or three second place national finishes two i have two and so yeah those two are the ones the rest i just put i give to my parents i put them in the rafters but those ones i have uh and they are here at my house yeah i don't know if that's something sociopathic but it motivates me. So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's very like, uh, you know, I mean, you, you might not appreciate this as much as the other two on this podcast right now, but that's very like Tom Brady-esque, right? He never forgets the fact that he was drafted 199 and it's kind of fueled him his entire career. Dude, you, yeah. you know, just that, that, that failure is just almost more motivating than success. Yeah, I think it's totally true. I mean, even like coming out when I signed with Hoka, I remember – before I was with Adidas, I was with Hoka, and I remember having that big, also, that chip on my shoulder was still there, because I was like, it was this new company, nobody knew anything about them, and it was like, well, I remember I would go to meets, and even, I, I was friends with some of the guys that I would compete against, and they were Nike athletes, or Adidas athletes, or, or whatever, bigger companies, and I remember I had a chip on my shoulder of like, well, like, not much changed, I'm still a Southern Oregon kid, because I'm now wearing like the small brand, smaller brand, relative to the big big bad boys or whatever and so it's kind of funny you gotta i don't know foster that i think it's good for you absolutely so Eric, i get oh, sorry go ahead, I, got, I, got, I got one last question then we'll, then we'll get to the end of it here so since we're running out of time i was gonna add a couple more questions but i'll, I'll kind of do a little sure. choose your own adventure here um so i wanted i had a bunch of questions but i know they're questions that you get asked on all the time right and we try and steer away from the questions that constantly get asked so i'm gonna let you choose your own adventure here. i'm gonna give you two questions and let you choose which one you want to answer so do you want to answer an eagle scout question or do you want to answer a golf cart question oh gosh oh man uh i am afraid of the eagle scout one because i don't know how much i know anymore i mean i had so okay. long ago um but the golf cart one is obviously entertaining but i feel like maybe you know uh let's do Let's do the Eagle Scout one. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn. It'd be a good test. Sure. Well, you know, if we have time, we can do the second one as well. All right. We'll just rattle off quickly both. Uh, so using your Eagle Scout knowledge, what can you bring to the track that gives you an advantage over everyone? And I'm not talking like, you know, uh, life lessons and stuff like that. I'm talking like, a multi-tool like you know some kind of knot tying like what can you physically use on the track that would gonna give you an advantage over your competitors oh man 
let's see. That's a really good question. It's also kind of hard to answer. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's, and this is going to be a weird answer and it probably doesn't really make sense, but in, in Boy Scouts, you know, it's, and maybe in, maybe they preach this in like the military or something, you're supposed to like work together, be as a team, things like that. And so we're out there competing against each other. But then right when the race ends, I usually uh, make a point to like uh, go up to each guy, even if I like spiked them or, or nudged them or whatever, and you know, like shake their hand and stuff like that. And, and so I know that's not exactly the answer maybe you're looking for, but I've like carried that with me. And we used to do that in Boy Scouts a lot. We would do these competitions. And then every time it was like, hey, look though, like this is like a brotherhood or whatever. And, and like, that was really cool. Another thing is I, not very many people know, I tie my shoes kind of weird, my spikes. And oh. I basically tie like a bunch of weird knots. And some of that is, is from Boy Scouts. And especially if I'm like, have like a really long lace spike. Uh, yeah, I'll tie like some weird funky 20 thing. So if you zoom in on my pictures, you might see it, but otherwise. Yeah. Great I answers. They were great answers. I mean, if I'm being completely honest with you, I did not have an Eagle Scout question ready because I thought for sure you're going to go golf cart. So you kind of <laughs> threw me for it. You kind of threw me for a loop there and I just went for it. Um, so quickly, um, that golf cart night must have been sick, right? I mean, it was, it was at least worth it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, okay. if you yeah, haven't gotten in trouble in college, then you're doing it wrong, right? That's the thing, right? I was like, yeah, this is this is normal, but I mean, got a little scared straight as well. So, yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good to look back on, but man, at the time, yeah, I was like, oh, I just ruined my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny now. <laughs> so hey we we thank thank you so much for coming on this has been a ton of fun um we end every interview with a quick game and we're gonna mix this one up just a little so mike why don't you why don't you kick off down the home stretch all right yeah so down the home stretch tonight what we're gonna do is we noticed on one of your bios online they had you do a two truths and a lie so we're each gonna pose you a two truths and a lie see if you can get the right one trent's gonna hit you with the first one let's do it all right eric here we go um first one I lost a bet with my co-host here, and I have peaked too early tattooed on my left leg. Number two, I haven't shaved my mustache in 17 months. And number three, in college, I race with Michael Jordan Jumpman earrings in as my good luck charm. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say the tattoo is not true, and the other ones, I can see that. I can see that. Dude, nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well you. done. <laughs> Can you believe he used to race with Jumpman earrings? What an hey, idiot. This is a jewelry. Eric's a jewelry guy. He gets where he That's gets awesome. it. You need the yeah, swag. Yeah, yeah. No, I used to have earrings, man. I used to, I had earrings for like five or six years. And then I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I took them out at some point. <laughs> There's still, the holes are still there. I'll have to get oh, some. Oh, yeah, my holes don't close. I don't know why, but the... Yeah, I'll have to get some three-stripe ones. I don't think I can wear the Jumpman earrings. I don't think I put, I think I I put my girlfriends in every once in a while just to make sure I don't lose it. <laughs> so that's actually a nice that's actually a nice transition into mine. So are you a basketball fan? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my my two truths and a lie are: I once went to McDonald's with Paul Pierce. Okay. I once shared a pizza with Kevin Garnett. Okay. And I, won, and I once went to Olive Garden with Ray Allen. Oh man, those are. I was hoping you'd throw some NBA guy that's not Boston based, so I could be like, that one. Um, okay, you went to Olive Garden with Ray Allen. I feel like you didn't go with them. Maybe you saw him, but I'm gonna say that one. 
It is. I went to McDonald's with Paul Pierce. I split a pizza with with Kevin Garnett, and I went to Olive Garden with Ray Allen and sat at his table. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, really we could do. Cool. We could do a whole podcast on both of those stories. <laughs> oh, I, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool, man. All right. Did you well, see my... uh, real quick? Did you see the movie Stock? Was it uh, uh, the Gems movie with Adam Sandler? Oh yeah, Uncut Gems. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Movie. Yeah, I was awesome. Pretty- Awesome movie. I thought you were going to like say something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's mine. Miller Lite is my favorite beer. I've been to Antarctica twice, and I am a 451 beer miler. Dang. If you're a 451 beer miler, that is awesome. Um, okay. Why would you go to Antarctica twice? Don't you need like a government pass? Right, what was the first one? Uh, Miller Lite's my favorite beer. Okay, uh, yeah, Miller Lite's fine, and the beer mile. Okay, and Antarctica's a lie. <laughs> True, man. I've been twice. <laughs> been twice. Been playing with some penguins down in the South Pole. It was a great time. Uh, I am not a 451 beer miler. I mean, just man. not even close. <laughs> I should have asked your actual mile, Pierre, and then maybe yeah. <laughs> Well, here, we, we got to get yours. So yours are, in middle school, I was in competitive bowling league. Uh, my first injury as a pro runner occurred on the dance floor and I was born in England. Who wants to go first? He was not uh, born in England. Yeah, I was going to go England. I don't hear any kind of accent. You look I'm like the go, kind of guy who'd get injured on the dance floor. Definitely. I'm going to go... Just to mix it up a little bit, I'm going to go bowling league. I bet you're in some other obscure league. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So I was in a bowling league in middle school. We played every Sunday. Uh, I learned how to twist the ball. It was pretty cool. Um, I was not born in England, but my family's all from London and I'm a dual citizen and my mom was pregnant with me. So this is probably, yeah, you wouldn't know unless you knew me. My mom was pregnant with me in England and then she came back to have me over here. So, uh, and then, so you're cutting the it close. One, yeah, it was, it was pretty close, but then the dance for <laughs> one, that was cool. It was like club cross, the fall after I signed the contract with Hoka, I uh, twisted my ankle really bad on the dance floor, dancing with Kyle Murber and his wife, and I couldn't <laughs> run for like a month. <laughs> so um, it was after the meet, though, after Club Cross. Yeah, it was after okay. the meet. Yeah, it was after. Yeah, <laughs> worth it. It would have been bad. It was worth it, but um, yeah, it was. It was fun. Well, guys, this was fun. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, thank man, you so much for awesome. coming on. This was great. Good luck. Good luck uh, this weekend and. Uh, you know, we hope to hope to see you in action next summer. Yeah, man, dude, it would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of like to get together. I don't know when you if you guys are going yeah. to meet the virtual stuff, or I don't know if you've been out to Eugene and seen the uh, Vortex Stadium that they got going on that they're calling Hayward Field now. It looks nuts. <laughs> dude, we'll, yeah, get we're, there. we'll get there. We're, we're going to put some once once uh once the schedules start getting released, we're going to put some on our calendar. So hopefully we cross paths. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll buy you guys a beer. It'll be a lot of fun. For sure. Hell yeah. Cool. Hi, ma'am. Catch you later. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye bye. That was great. Yeah, super beautiful. Cool. It was it was long. All right, that interview really with Eric is brought yeah, to you no, by I Bell Lap Track and Field uh, Gear, where cool. your purchases go directly right. back so we get, to professional athletes. Support the good sport you love. See you there. It's uh, six the Bell PM. Lap boys. Look good. Um, Feel good.
Six thirty. Like I think was the boys. They just launched, and then we'll do the website of the show after that. It's live yeah. now. You gotta and, get. And it's not just Carlos now a uh, Instagram the store. They got their online website. It's looking good, but it's still um, the same good product. Kind of still the same good Let's mission. Carlos, they are officially like an LLC to now, so they got it going so, um, on. Bell App. I mean, unless is doing huge things, and they're just gonna make this sport a better sport. So get there. Support. Go support this sport. And I just got a picture from our guy, Chief at Bell App. So he's sending me those hats for the for the uh, age division winners from the from the two miler, and they look awesome. So they're coming to me, and I'm gonna ship them out as soon as I get them. Um, guys, we have there's still a tie on the men's twenty to to twenty nine age division, correct? That's correct. Well, that's it was right, our boy. Yeah. It was our boy Chris Robertson, and who was who did he tie with? I forget. Do we do you remember? I don't know. Kid was uh, <laughs> don't remember offhand, but well, we were gonna settle. We were gonna settle the tie with a game of rock paper scissors shoot, and he couldn't manage to pull that together. <laughs> so what we'll do is, you know, this is gonna come down to whoever listens to the podcast first, Chris, or we'll have to double check who we tied with. Find out but he was at the after party, anyways. Whoever DMs us first after listening to this podcast, you're the winner. So. Shout out, shout out Jason Richwall. He was the Jason Richwall, from Medford, it. New Jersey. So, so Chris Robertson, Jason Richwall, just DM us first, say, I'm the winner. Whoever DMs us first, you're getting the prize. And so. Jason, maybe you just had a bad video connection. We couldn't figure <laughs> yeah, out what was dude. going on. Like, that's we're a trying, potential. We're trying to but... settle it over rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, I, I have no idea how to play that game. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, maybe he heard us say something different, so you don't want to assume <laughs> we'll anything. Give, we'll give but... him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, Mike, we got a little personal podium for the back end of the show here. Yeah. So, I feel like this has been a topic this whole show. We, we were talking a little bit of the beginning, you know, months and seasons for, for running and beer drinking, all that, that whole thing. So, our personal podium tonight, we're going to do the best running months. So this one could get a little contentious. So I don't know how we're going to go about picking the order okay. here, Steve. You... I got it. I got it. Let's see here. Okay. So let's see here. I feel like the last time Steve did this, he had some yeah. intricate question and then he just picked a <laughs> All right. order so, at random. So tonight's in the Celtics game that the Celtics won, by the way, you know, on their way to uh to a NBA finals championship, not a big deal. Okay. Um, but the leading rebounder was Daniel Thies, or Jan- Daniel Tice. Sorry, um, he. How many? So I'll I'll give each of you a chance to guess how many rebounds he got. The closest without going over. We'll go first. So Mike, Trent, you, you go, go first. first. Trent, you go first. Close out going over. I will go fourteen boards for Tice. Mike, what'd you get? I'll go eleven boards. So you both went over. So that means oh, I go shit. first. Mike goes second. Trent goes third. He had eleven rebounds. He, rebounds spread out evenly across the across the team tonight. Wait, so. wait, hold on, hold on. He had nine rebounds. <laughs> this is gonna be some interesting math. Let's hear it to you, say, Mike. Do you say he had nine rebounds? He had nine rebounds. Didn't he just say he had eleven? Oh, did I accidentally say that? No, he had nine. I I, okay. I must have I I like, missed. I missed. I was like, am I, am I living in a loony world right now? What's yeah, going yeah. on? No, 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 no. So, okay. I mean, this one is the easiest first pick of any draft of all time. The number one running month without any doubt, without any question is November. 
November is championship season for cross country. I mean, we live for cross country championship season. That's what it's all about. That's why the three of us ran in college. We didn't, we tolerated the running around in circles just because we had to, we were all about cross country. We're all about championship championship season. You start off the beginning of November. The leaves are still on the trees. You get the beautiful fall crisp air and as the month goes on the leaves start falling off by the end there's no leaves left on the tree you might have a little snow it's a little bit of winter you know it's it's just it's just the perfect best month for running you know the the frozen ground the crisp air it's just before you get to the snow and ice of the winter november number one month. who's next Who I'm you, michael next. mike i'm up next okay I mean, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to disagree with you. I love November and I think, but I don't think it's undisputed champion. I honestly think that October is just as good, if not better. I think it's very much the same. You get, because November towards the end of it, you're starting to get maybe on the verge of, you got some days that are just like that, like it's winter. Like it, it's basically gets to winter by the end of November. October, it's pretty much just, perfect fall weather for just the entire month i mean the the leaves are just colorful the entire time it's it's the october is the best month of the year for every activity not just running so i'm happy october fell to me i'll take it i'd love to come out here and do something super create super creative with this third pick um but it's going to be September. I'm going to get on that fall train. <laughs> you know, this is just the, the best season. Uh, the beauty of September, let me make the case for September. Because like you said, Mike, I don't know if November, certainly it's a topic. But I don't know if it's the consensus number one. Just like I don't know if uh, October is the consensus number two. Because the thing about September is it's the, it's the start of it all, right? It's that transition time where you start getting stoked. Cross country is, is in the air, not this year, but uh, maybe, maybe that's now in February. But no, cross country is in the air. Football is starting, right? Which is a huge tie. There's nothing better than that long run before the football game's going on there. Plus, it's still warm enough, you know, on an early September day where if you have like a lake or an ocean or a pool you can jump into, you get that satisfying feeling of like that late summer run. So September's kind of got a little bit of everything that I'd like to take. September might be my least favorite running. What? Because yeah, That's because because thing. you get you get a couple like beautiful fall days sprinkled in there, then out of nowhere you get smacked with a 90 degree day and you know you'll be training in fall weather and then you get to the weekend and it's like 90 and humid out. And it's just like September's too unpredictable. I'm I'm not a fan of running in September. You can't handle it. And, and, and September's bulk mile. It's base building, right? There's no, there's not much racing going on. Not much real racing going on. It's you getting back. You, you're doing the, you're doing the long mileage weeks. You're base building for the cross country season. September stinks. Yeah, September's yeah. September's the hard part of cross country season. Terrible take. You may be, you may be base building, but now you're transitioning from just roads all summer and, and long far to getting on the trails and doing some workouts in the woods and that sort of thing. And and the um, boys are back together. The like, boys are like back the in town. To you, yeah. Mm. All right. That's the only good part. My next pick is going to be the other kind of transitional period right now, um, and that's that's April. So obviously, we just had a conversation. Um, 
Well, I don't know if I want to give this away because that might be on next week's podcast. So I won't say that, but we were talking Boston running here. Um, you got the Boston Marathon coming in April, which is huge. It's that transition out of the, the spring. I'm sorry, out of the winter. Um, there's no more ice on the ground that you have to worry about, right? It's, it's, you get your short shorts out. You're going for those first just shirtless runs out there. Just, you know, it's, it's 55 degrees, but it feels like it's 80 degrees based on how cold it's been recently. So um, you get that beautiful transition out of winter. I, I agree with that. I'm I'm shocked April slid to the second round. I thought April was a surefire first rounder. I mean, with Boston Marathon, I mean it's I, yeah. April's April's one of the best running months of the year by far. April stinks. I, you I think stink. A, I think that's a terrible pick. And here's why April stinks. First of all, it just rains nonstop. And the same thing you were saying about September, Steve. You're gonna get a couple like. 25 degree days in April, just out of nowhere. It's just going to be a miserable, rainy, cold day. And April is the start of allergy season. I'm a big allergy guy. I get crushed by allergies. Running that, that like first week of running in like pollen allergy season stinks. And that is why I'm skipping right over May and I'm going right to June because June's not the, the heat of the summer. It's not like, terrible yet you're not getting those hot humid crummy days but you're getting really nice summer weather you're beyond allergy season you've adjusted to the warmer weather at that point june is a great second round pick now you can just take all summer months and just throw them right out the window they don't belong anywhere on the on these podiums summer running is the worst but that brings me to my second pick and this one, I can't believe this slid down to me because I got the number one pick in, in November, which is by far the best, the best running month. And my number two pick slid all the way down to my second round pick, which would be March because March is St. Patrick, St. Patrick's Day road race season. And there is no better road race in the world than running a St. Patrick's Day themed road race. You get out there, you do your race, you go to the bar after you drink a bunch of Guinness, you get the Irish music playing. Like it, it's you're, you're marking, you're still getting those cold, cold, you know, feels out there. You're still getting the cold temperatures, but you're transitioning out of the brutal winter into the beginning of spring. So very often you'll be racing, you'll be running in March and it will be, you know, be your first run in shorts. And you might have a long sleeve on. It will be 50, maybe 60 degrees out. And then there'll be huge snow banks on the side of the road. It's such a, it's such a cool feeling. So, and that's when the, 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 uh, the, uh, what the hell's my race? The Irish Clover Road Races. So, so I, I was just going to say this answer sounds slightly biased to me. Hey, marketing, baby. But there's a reason why I chose to put my race in March. Because I think that's the best road race time of the year is in March. And you guys, I mean, I mean, you know, you guys saw the video of the Irish Clover. I mean, it was beautiful. People were hanging out. They ran, they ran a race. It was crisp out. It wasn't too cold out. And the sun came out and it was 70 degrees. People were hanging out in the parking lot. They were partying all day. And then the sun started dipping. It got too cold and everybody went home. But it was just a perfect road race day. And that's why I love March for running. All right. So I'm in a bind here because I could make an argument for all the remaining months. And I'm trying to lock down which one is the best. I don't want to like give my options here because I don't want to make the argument for you guys. Before you go, Steve, what were your two picks? November, March. So you need a third one, right? Yeah. 
Oh, sneak oh shoot, you're right. Yeah, okay, I almost, I almost hopped in there. Ooh, I almost hopped so in this there. is a tough one. This I know is, this, this is this is, this is like this is this round's this round's brutal. There's no there's no clear cut favorites. There's some months that I like for certain reasons. I mean, I just I just threw it like I said. I threw out all the summer months. I want no summer month on my list, but I'm gonna go with. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with this month just because it's probably my favorite running event of the year. To me, there's there. If I were to pick, if I had to pick, like you can only have one running experience every year for the rest of your life. This is the day that I think I would pick. And let me paint a picture. So you wake up in the morning. And you're all jacked up because it's Super Bowl Sunday and you got a long day of partying and football watching and prepping for the Super Bowl and eating chicken wings ahead of you. And so what do you do? You get up out of bed, you throw on your running shoes and you head out to the Super 5K, local 5K, Super Bowl 5K. You run that race, you, you, you cross the finish line. You don't even cool down. You might take a sip of water, but you head straight to the bar and you start knocking back Miller Lights. You have a good time at the after party when the after party starts winding up you head back to your house you throw on that 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 you know super bowl sunday pregame you watch that all day you party you watch the super bowl watch the patriots win the super bowl and then you then you party when the patriots win the super bowl so i think that's like for that reason i'm gonna go february with my third pick i think february was my last pick yeah i was about to say i was kind of glad when when we i realized we missed steve because i thought that was going to help my decision and it just didn't because he took literally the worst month is that is that why the, the oh, i year. took the worst one no i you mean took you took the tell, worst hey, month hey, tell, february tell me stinks. i didn't tell me i didn't make an argument a good argument there I you mean, mean an argument was, yes. was there was there a better running experience of the past two years than than when we ran I, when we ran the super 5k the morning before the patriots last i week? love the super 5k but it's i don't love it enough to make me love running in the horrible got, horrible <laughs> month of february you got one out of 28 right there Sometimes one out of 29, you got to get good there. Yeah, and it's a short month, so it goes by quick. <laughs> That's true. All right. So, oh, man. I just, all right. I'm going to take an unpopular month here, an unpopular pick. And the reason I'm doing this is because not because I like running. Like, I don't like tr- training. This is probably the worst month of the year for training, hands down. It's just terrible. But, I mean, this is the road race. This is the road race month. July is the road race month. I mean, you got it starts with your 4th of July road races, and then everyone's packing their road races into July. It's road race season, and if you're a road race warrior, that's what you're looking for. So I'm going with July. Even though it stinks training in July, if you're, if you're trying to hit that road race scene, you got to hit it in July. Mike, do you want to be hit with a cold, hard fact? Sure. There were infinitely more road races this February than there was this July. So that can't be true. I mean, that's just a fact. It's, it's that's a fact that, was, that I'm willing to put Mike my entire entire life savings on. Is there is there more participants in July than there are in February? No, I'm saying in the year 2020, there were significantly more races oh. in February than July. Right. I mean, okay. that's just a fact. Okay, yeah, that's a fact. I'll give that to you. You All right, have that. I'll, I'll concede that. <laughs> you guys, I appreciate your your attempts to be creative. Go, you know, with your Februarys and your Julys. Um, 
but the shoulder seasons are just superior, right? So May has not been taken. It was May, January, August, and I don't know what the other one was that hasn't been picked yet. December, I guess. December, May is yeah. the clear clear winner there, right? So it's the it's like the beginning of summer, right? You're, you're, you're really getting excited. The days are getting longer, right? So those days you get home, maybe you worked a little later and, you know, a little, little colder out, a little earlier in the year. You're probably not going to go for a run when you get home. But all of a sudden, it's not super dark out right now. It's 7 o'clock and it's light out. And you can actually get out and start your run in a little daylight, which is nice. So you got to enjoy that. You got to join the warmth, the excitement for the summer. The last days that you really hold on to when it's not, you know, 90 degrees out, it's only like, whatever it is, 60s, 70s, maybe, um, that you just embrace and, and you just kind of get scared for what's ahead of you. So you got to appreciate those moments in May and you got to appreciate that, that beautiful light. So it's those, I mean, the shoulder season is just rain supreme. So the fact that I got May in the last pick of this draft is kind of insane and shows that I have the best months. Trent, here's the reason why I didn't pick May. May is one of my favorite months. May is a great month. It's the beginning of summer. It's, you know, uh, Memorial Day, like it, it, it's just a fantastic month. But May is not a running month. That is like the one month a year that we don't really run. It is bender season. It is you just finished up your conference championships. You didn't qualify for nationals. You, you're graduating. May is the month for the most part that runners take off and you ramp up in June. You just don't run in May. I wish that I still had that same mindset where like every year I give myself like two to three weeks of just a complete bender where I can drink every day, all day and just like stay home from classes or work. But Steve, that's like a very like four, four week window of my or a four year window of my life. And now I've, I've forgotten about that. And when May comes around, I'm not allowed to just like kind of a complete bender season. Um, you know, if I don't run or do exercise for a month, I, I don't recover as well as I used to. The whole point of this podcast trend is we're living in the past. So if we can't live on this past, the podcast, if we can't live in the past on this podcast, then what's the point? It's a good point. Good point. So, so the months we skipped were August, December, and January. Are those, are those the right three months that we... August, December, January. I think so. So good. I was, I was between July and December. Cause I do think that there is like a bit of nostalgia in December when it's like things are first getting cold. You're breaking out the running tights and you haven't been like weathered down by the winter yet. You haven't, you're not like sick of it. It's still exciting and fun. So I do think that there's an argument to be made for December, but at the end of the day, December can be pretty, pretty brutal. It can be pretty brutal. So I think August, December, January is the right three months to be left out. I try. Oh, and I missed, I I missed one of my arguments for February. February has all the good indoor races. Hmm. And we've talked many, many times on this podcast out indoor track is the only tolerable part, tolerable part of track. I uh, tried to make an argument for some of the, the weaker months out there, like your August and your December's or January. So here's what I got for December. It's uh, it's like just holiday season, right? It's holiday parties, which means usually work is a little more lax. So maybe you can get out of work a little bit earlier, right? And you feel like there's a little bit more time in your day for running because the other stuff's going on. Also, running is a nice way to get yourself away from some of the stuff you should be doing, like Christmas shopping and stuff. So maybe a force, but that was my argument for December. And then January, you at least get the New Year's resolution motivation, right? So you're actually like feeling motivated to get out there and and run a few more miles or or start stretching or whatever the hell our resolutions <laughs> were. Uh, you at least have a couple of weeks that sometimes can propel you 
for uh, some of the dark days of January. But it's always super depressing by like week three of January where you just gave up on all your yeah, resolutions. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick motivation. It doesn't last long, but... I noticed you didn't have a reason for August. No, no, August is <laughs> August nothing is terrible. August is just the worst. The P2E two-miler. <laughs> That's, That's true. true. There's That's the argument. <laughs> All right, boys, that was fun. Let's get into our bell lap. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? All right, so this week's bell lap is, uh, you know, it's it's an unfortunate one for, for the, the, the program, the podcast. Uh, our, our producer, our guy pro flow, has got some opportunities coming up with 27 video that, you know, we don't want him to turn down. He can't turn down. So unfortunately going forward, our guy is, uh, is moving on to bigger and better things, but you know, he's still, still part of the family here. And, uh, if we need him for our video needs and if you need him for your video needs, hit up 27 video and hopefully we're going to keep, uh, working with him in the future. Uh, it was fun doing what we did with him in the last couple months but ProFlow, shout out to you thank you for all your help good luck with everything you got going on Trent, what do you got for people on the bell app yeah i'll do a quick echo of mike's sentiment thank you ProFlow, for all, all the work you had done for us um i do just want to shout out myself for being famous now uh the harrier had sent us some cool t-shirts that i think we brought up on last week so but i saw that we uh we tagged matt centro in a post and he you know re reposted a picture of myself wearing a t-shirt with his his face on it and i hope he didn't listen to the podcast that we had talked about it because there may have been some shade thrown at him but here i am to say centro uh come on the podcast we'd love to talk to you i'll wear my t-shirt right i'll send you my t-shirt i don't care i'll sign my t-shirt well i'll sign my t-shirt we'll send it to you centro um but i did i did feel pretty cool that was that was a highlight for me I totally forgot that we had thrown a little bit of shade at him on that response. Oh, yeah. There was not a little bit. <laughs> uh, anyways, I just want to say in my bell lap, Celtics have six consecutive wins. So get your bets in now, boys, because they're going to the, they're going to the NBA Finals. We're, get, we're, we're hanging another banner in the, in the garden. Let's go. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over So many things that I want to say You know I like my girls a little bit older I just want to use your love tonight I don't want to lose your love tonight I ain't got many friends left to talk to Nowhere to run when I'm in trouble You know I'd do anything for you Stay the night but keep it up I just want to use your love tonight I don't want to lose your love tonight They're figuring out the clock situation This is is brutal And now you're taking like three minutes To figure out two seconds of shot clock No, he got rid of it Let's go. Oh, <laughs> did you guys see that? I got the notification. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what was the notification? <laughs> I got a bleacher report notification to tell which one. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> wow, this is super bad. Tonight. Yeah. I don't want to lose your love tonight.